0: In your sister's room That's where it started Hello, this is Paul Derringer My brother Dave Derringer is still on sabbatical Basically it means that he is busy serving as a radio announcer for football games Hello, this is Alton Derringer Since Dave isn't here, I'll be filling in for him You are listening to Derringer Discoveries I am happy to report that we have listeners throughout America We have listeners in Virginia, Alton, you'll be glad to know that. We also have listeners in Oregon, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Georgia. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. How many states do you intend to read?
0: It's just about 20. Uh,
1: We don't have time for that. Do we have any listeners outside of the U.S.? Yes, we do. Such as? We have
0: listeners in the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, Germany, Romania. Hello, Romania. Singapore, Hong Kong, and South Africa. Hello, constant. And fans of the band Pelican State. (laughs) We also have a handful of listeners who show up as unknown.
2: At DNA.
0: Hmm, wonder if listening in from the space station. I sure hope so. Or maybe they just want to stay anonymous. Either way, your privacy is safe with <laughs> us. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries, where we take you, the listener, on a journey a musical journey. Today's episode is Sticks,
1: Tommy vs. Dennis and Why. Some of you will know what we mean when we say Tommy vs. Dennis. But even if you don't know, stick around, you'll enjoy today's episode. Today we are covering the latest album by the
0: band from Chicago known as Sticks. In order to properly cover the band's sticks, we need to recap their heyday filled with radio hits, as well as the resulting split among the band's two driving forces, Tommy Shaw and
1: Dennis DeYoung. Listeners, I'm a fan of Tommy Shaw. And I am a fan of Dennis DeYoung. Therefore, Paul and I will duke it out. Tommy versus Dennis. And why...
0: But first, Alton, we should open some of our listener
1: letters. Listeners, if you want to give us a piece of your mind,
2: to of mind.
1: be sure to contact us. Our email address is listed in the show notes for today's episode.
2: Dare your listener feedback.
1: Heidi, from Charlottesville, Virginia, said that she loved episode
0: 21 on Taylor Swift. She thought that the four young co-hosts were excellent. Talk to
2: your friends, talk to my friends, talk to me.
3: She
0: appreciated the information about Taylor re-recording her first five albums.
2: I'm gonna find someone, some-
0: However, Heidi was disappointed that we skipped over folklore and we only covered Willow from Evermore.
2: Life was a when it bent right to your wind.
1: Laura from Roanoke, Virginia, said that she enjoys listening to Derringer Discoveries while she is rowing at the YMCA.
2: It's fun to stay at the
1: YMCA. Laura also said she loved episode 20, The Killer's Beat.
2: The kingdom of God, it's a pressure machine.
1: Alton, Steve from
0: Chicago. When you
2: remember me,
0: from the same city that Styx is from. He specifically wanted us to let panelist Leighton Derringer from episode 21. Hi, I'm Layton Derringer. Know that he too loves the song Picture to Burn by Taylor Swift. <laughs>
1: Dave from Oregon said that thanks to episode 20, he can't get the line Higher Powers Than Me from the Killer's Pressure Machine album out of his head. So higher powers, higher powers, higher powers.
0: Yeah, neither can I. Higher powers than me. If you want to know what we're talking about, listen to episode 20. It's definitely an earworm. (laughs) It is. Alton, regarding episode 20, Constant, from South Africa and the band Pelican State, said that our insight on the Killers was a great episode. He also commented it was wonderful exposure for Pelican State. Constant noted that Pelican State has been getting some good streams on Spotify as a result of our mini interview and he thanked us for helping. Even better, even better, Constant indicates that he will continue listening to Derringer Discoveries, which you know what that means, Alton. That means we can
1: honestly say that we have listeners in South Africa. We also have a letter from Tom from Massachusetts. He sent us a picture and said, keep a going, keep that series a going, it's a winner. We will have to save the rest of our listener letters and listener feedback for another time. Today's post episode playout is an edited WTJU radio interview by station DJ Michael Pillow. Welcome to WTJU. He interviewed Susan Munson and our very own Paul promoting Hojo Fro's latest single, Come In.
4: You are listening to something new on WTJU Charlottesville. Oh, oh, oh.
1: sung by Susan, and featuring Dave Prine, Chris Dorman, Paul, and myself. Yeah, you definitely got to check out Come In. We're very proud of it. Hey
0: Paul, I think it's time to dive in. Yeah, let's cue up that person diving into the swimming pool. Alton, at the end of this episode, we should weigh in on whether or not Styx jumped the shark and or crossed the Rubicon. Crossing the Rubicon is reaching the point of no return. Between 1972 and the first half of 1977, Styx released six studio albums with only moderate success and then, on the seventh day of the seventh month of the year 1977, Styx released The Grand Illusion.
1: Well, Paul, let's not forget that Styx gelled in 1976 with their sixth album, Crystal Ball. Yeah, yeah, Crystal Ball, the single from the album Crystal Ball, bubbled under on the
0: Billboard U.S. Hot 100 charts, hitting 109. Now remind me again what Bubbling
1: Under is. (laughs) Bubbling Under means it doesn't quite hit the Hot 100, but it's getting radio airplay. Crystal Ball was the first album Styx released after Tommy Shaw joined the band and Tommy wrote the title track.
0: He was not part of Styx's first five largely forgettable albums. However, I do want to note the second album by Styx, which is called Styx 2, and that's Roman numeral 2. How original. <laughs> yes. They, they only did it for the first two albums. But Styx 2 had its moments, as well as a hit song that went all the way to number 6 on the U.S. Hot 100 charts. Dennis DeYoung wrote that song as an anniversary present for his wife. Oh, and it was, how sweet. Isn't that wonderful? What a great gift, and it's earned a lot of royalties through the years. From its first release in 1973, it took two years, and a re-release before it hit the top ten in 1975. And of course, I am talking about the hit song, The Lady. Lady! I wrote Lady and the kinds of songs that I thought that I should be writing. Now Alton, their seventh album, that's the album where it really gets good. The seventh album, The Grand Illusion, was released as mentioned on July 7th, 1977. You see a lot of sevens there and that's by design. That's what they wanted. That is when Tommy Shaw and Dennis DeYoung both came to the forefront as impressive
1: songwriters and solid lead singers. On The Grand Illusion, Tommy gave us Fooling Yourself, The Angry Young Man.
0: Dennis gave us Come Sail Away, and my personal favorite Styx song, the title track to The Grand Illusion, which is The Grand Illusion. So
1: On the follow-up 8th album, Pieces of Eight, in 1978, Tommy gave us Blue Collar Man, Long Nights. That, well, man. On that Pieces of Eight album, my favorite was Renegade. Oh mama, I'm in fear for my life
0: from the long arm of the law. Yeah. Yeah, Renegade. Oh, mama,
2: I can hear you are crying. You're so scared and all alone.
1: Renegade is Styx's number one streaming song on Spotify with more than 112 million reviews. That's up since I looked at it. When I looked at it, it was 111.
0: So you mean they've got another million streams since I last looked at this? Yeah,
1: which was about, what, a week ago? <laughs> it was a week ago. <laughs>
0: Then in 1979, with the release of what I consider to be an excellent album, Cornerstone, their ninth album, something unsettling happened. Dennis came
4: to the table for the next album, Cornerstone, with this song called Babe.
0: Dennis DeYoung always loved, and still
1: does, what Alton might call campy, cheesy music. I can think of a few words other than campy and cheesy that I would use. And it
4: was a real dilemma because it was unlike anything that uh, I'd ever anticipated doing in Sticks.
0: From Cornerstone. Stone, Dennis DeYoung gave us a ballad that he wrote. And this was a game changer for the band Styx. For me, it was a dramatic departure from what we were known for. The song was called Babe.
2: Babe, I'm leaving. I must be on my way. The time is dry.
1: And suddenly, suddenly, the balance of power between Tommy Shaw and Dennis DeYoung shifted toward Dennis.
4: And I knew it would alienate a number of our fans. I think it began the slow division of, of the two camps in sticks.
1: You know-
0: What was happening here is that Dennis DeYoung, by having this hit, the hit song Babe off of Cornerstone in 1979, he was able to push his way on these ballads. Babe was a massive radio hit. Now, when you say massive, do you mean like a number one hit? Oh, yeah, exactly. It was a number one hit, but it was more than that. First of all, it was Sticks' first and only number one hit, and it wasn't just a number one hit in the U.S. It was a number one hit in multiple countries, so suddenly they went from being a U.S.-based band that only was popular in the U.S. to being a band popular throughout the world.
2: That is huge!
0: Babe was number one, not only in the U.S., it was number one in Canada. And South Africa, hello fans of Pelican State, write to us about Babe. It also performed well in Australia, Ireland, Netherlands, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. Oh, thank goodness. I thought you were going to read another 20 (laughs) list of places it was number one. Well, it was number one in a lot of places that are listening to us, so that's good to know. With this number one hit under the belt, Dynasty Young increasingly flexed his ballad-making muscle to the consternation of Tommy Shaw.
2: Babe, I love you. Ooh,
1: baby. Paul, oh, let's face it. Styx was never really cool. They kind of just flirted with it. They originally appealed to the prog rock crowd. They were popular to the fans of bands like Emerson Lake and Palmer, P.O.P., Kansas
2: Carry on my
1: The Moody Blues a Rush if
2: you not to decide, you made a
1: and Procol harum the
2: water,
1: Their Music tended to be bombastic. But suddenly, after Babe, they increasingly peddled fluff and lightweight ballads. Instead of aspiring to rock and roll, Dennis was leading them to a sound more like Barry Manilow. Dennis also reveled in theatrical concept albums, as evidenced by their next two albums, Paradise Theater and Kilroy Was Here. Well, Alton, to be fair, they're classic albums. If you look at the classic albums, they are all largely concept albums. True, but Dennis's quest to make everything a theatrical concept album led to the unfortunate song from the Kilroy Was Here album, Mr. Roboto. was heartbreaking, but we had to press on, and we had to take Shakespeare into a football stadium. Disaster. Through the years, Mr. Roboto has become a running joke, tarnishing the legacy of Styx. In 1984, Styx broke up. Tommy Shaw left to pursue a solo
0: career. Dennis also pursued a solo career. In 1984, he released an album and had a sizable hit with the title track, Desert Moon.
2: Is this the track? Desert moon, was all she said.
1: Desert moon showed the world once and for all that Dennis was largely not a rock and roller. On Dennis's love for ballads, theater, and Broadway dominated his approach to songwriting. Alton, it was always
0: a part of who Dennis DeYoung was and who he is, and it was also a part of the
1: Styx sound. True, but increasingly his love for pomp and circumstance overshadowed everything good about Styx. He kept them from being cool and he became Styx's weakest link. Oh. In 1990, Styx reunited, but it was without Tommy Shaw who had joined the Damn Yankees. Oh, oh, damn Yankees. The Damn Yankees were a super group that he formed with Ted Nugent and Jack Blades from Night Ranger.
2: Sister Christian, oh the time has come.
1: Something interesting happened in 1996. Oh, what would that be, Alton? Did they reform? Yes, they rebanded. But this time, it wasn't long before Dennis DeYoung found himself and the rest of the band's crosshairs. The thing that makes this unit truly
0: unique
4: is its use of the modern hunting bow as a weapon of unconventional warfare.
1: But you
0: know what, Alton? I think I would like the listeners to hear it from Dennis DeYoung himself as to what happened at this
1: point in time. Listeners, I want you to know that Paul is, at this moment, Googling Dennis DeYoung. (laughs) I am Googling him. Hopefully Dennis doesn't mind. Dennis DeYoung returned to Styx
0: when they reunited again in 1996, but he had a serious viral element that made him sensitive to light, and it caused him to bow out of the national tour that the band was taking. By the time he had recuperated, Styx had replaced him with a new singer,
1: Lawrence Galvin. Do you want to comment on who that guy is? Yes, he's a keyboardist who was classically trained, and when he sings, he sounds just like Dennis Dennis Young. So when Dennis Young left the band, he was not missed very much at all. Dennis goes on to say by the time
0: he recuperated, they had replaced him, and he attempted to sue over the use of the band's name Styx, which by the way, belonged to Dennis Young at one point in time. However, Dennis writes that he settled out of court in late 2001, and I can tell you, that was the end of his presence in
1: Styx. It's been a good 20 years, and I would say there's no returning at this point. He's a goner. Yeah, and let's keep in mind that Styx still had some original members. James j.y. young to be one of them yeah who's still with him to this day and that leads us to today's topic finally
0: <laughs> and now we're going to review the new album this new album just came out in june of 2021 it is stick's 17th studio album and
1: it's called crash of the crowns <laughs> Listeners, Paul and I actually got to see Styx when they came to the area supporting their last album, the 16th album, called The Mission. We no
2: mission
1: Though it didn't really produce any hits, the album was really musically impressive. Let's
0: I agree with you that the Mission album was a solid album and and certainly was a wonderful tour. I was glad I got to see them with you on that tour. Our top three picks from the current album, Crash of the Crown. All right. The battle of wits has begun. Daringer Discoveries, pick number three. I'd like to start with number three and count down to one, and we're going to go with our personal favorites. Alton and I did not compare notes until after we picked them. We agreed on the number one best song, but we differed on number two and number three. For anyone who listened to the Killers episode, you'll start to see a pattern here. There is some disagreement. And by the way, we're going to give you one more surprise. After we count down our three favorite songs, we're going to tell you what the listeners say is their favorite song based on number of streams on Spotify. Derringer Discovery's pick number three for Paul Derringer is Coming Out the Other Side. Coming Out the Other Side side is a little bit different than what you might expect it, it does have some sticks feel to it tommy Shaw was one of the co-writers but here's what's interesting he did not sing it or at least he didn't sing lead it was sung by lawrence gowan who alton mentioned replaced
1: dennis DeYoung. I wanted to pick something that really took me back to the sound that Styx had on Grand Illusion and Pieces of Eight, which in my opinion were their, their best two albums. Those two albums define Styx's sound. Oh yeah. I think Crash of the Crown was specifically trying to harken
0: back to the Grand Illusion and Pieces of Eight. My pick was Reveries.
1: Reveries did a great job picking up that sound and transitioning it to the present day. Yeah, now the interesting thing is, as I mentioned, my number three
0: pick was sung by Lawrence Gowan, but your number three pick was also sung by Lawrence Gowan.
2: my monument, to no worry where the body went, trust me. Here's pick, number two. All
0: right, Alvin, what's your number two pick? The new world, with
2: all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation. It was the same day
1: My number two pick was Save Us From Ourselves. Save Us From
2: Ourselves. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We
0: shall never surrender. So you chose Save Us From Ourselves, and there I did notice that Tommy Shaw sings lead as well as uh,
1: co-wrote it with Ivankovic and Gowen. Who's Ivankovic, Alton? Will Ivankovic has been a collaborator of Tommy Shaw's for quite a while. He, He worked with Tommy Shaw on Tommy's solo albums. He also was all over the mission. He produced it. He wrote songs for it in conjunction with the band. He played music on it. He's really becoming a force in sticks, and yet the thing that I think is so neat is he he has kind of, maybe through osmosis, captured the sound of sticks in his songwriting. Yeah, he's definitely doing a good job of evoking the classic stick sound. Now, it's
0: interesting that for past few years, he was not considered a member. He was just considered additional personnel. But I think you have some news for us. Did anything happen after Crash of the Crown that changed Ivankovich's
1: position in the band? Yes, right after Crash of the Crown was released, Tommy Shaw, who's kind of the de facto leader of the band now. Yeah, once he kicked Dennis out he doesn't have to share he's controlling the direction of the band right after crash of the crown was released tommy announced that will was officially named the seventh member of sticks my number two pick was our wonderful lives wait a minute if i'm thinking save us from ourselves and you're thinking our lives are wonderful that's a little strange isn't it it's a brand new
2: day
0: Our second picks, we both chose songs that were sung by Tommy Shaw. So I think that's interesting. Our third picks were sung by Lawrence Gowan. Our second picks were sung by Tommy Shaw. So what happens with our
1: number one pick, Alton? We agreed on this one. Dangerous pick, pick number, number one. Our number one pick is called Long Live the King.
0: That's sung by Tommy Shaw as well. But the interesting thing on this one, Tommy Shaw does not get a co-write, at least on the Wikipedia page. He doesn't. On Spotify, I see that he gets a co-write. But according to Wikipedia, it's written by Will Ivankovich as a solo
1: write. Ah, Will got the whole song. I think on Spotify, it lists multiple people wrote the song.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to say. It's We'll have to see if anyone listening can help set us straight. Maybe Will Ivankovich or Tommy Shaw could set us straight. I'll, I'll tell you what, either of you contact us and we'll take you at your word how about that. Absolutely. We'll even release an addendum
1: to this episode.
0: All right, Alton, so those are our three picks. And we do have the listener feedback, which would be the streamers
1: on Spotify. What is their favorite song? Their favorite song, which neither of us picked, which shows how much taste we have. Sorry, <laughs> right, lack up. Yep. It's actually the title track called Crash of the Ground. Yeah.
0: And it has something going for it. I'm increasingly liking it as I listen to it. I did not initially like it, but when I found out it was the number one streaming song, I've been listening to it almost nonstop. And here's what I like about it. First of all, in my ears, it's three songs in one, which makes sense because it's written by three different people. And I think each person who sings a lead wrote that part. So for the example, let's play a snippet of the first part, which is sung by James J.Y. Young. That's the first part of Crash of the Crown, the title track from the album. The second part of the song is sung by Tommy Shaw.
1: Tommy, who joined in 76, gets to sing second, and then he hands it off to the newest member of the band, who was Lawrence Galwin. Yeah, and he sings the final part. So here's Lawrence
0: Galwin singing the third part of Crash of the Crown. That's the third part, the final part of the Crash of the Crown. I think the thing you'll notice is the thing I'm commenting on, and that is, sounds like three songs shmushed together. It has a little bit of a, is that a word, shmushed? Shmushed. I think that's a technical term. I think it is a technical term. Three songs shmushed together, and it has a lot of Queen elements, especially when Gowin comes in on the third part. I hear some Queen happening.
2: To the wall.
1: You know, Paul, I think what makes this track so interesting is maybe James Young's presence on it. I think that's what the fans have really been listening for, and it harkens back to the days of The Grand Illusion. And I think that's kind of what propelled it to number one. It's really nice to hear James Young's vocals because he did such awesome vocals on Miss America from The Grand Illusion.
0: That's a snippet of Miss America, as Alton was mentioning. The Grand Illusion had a lot of depth to it. And it's amazing that I didn't even mention James Young's Miss America until just now. But there you have it. And on this album, from what I can see, Alton, James Young only gets that one lead vocal cameo. I'm sure he's doing background vocals throughout. But from what I can tell, that's the only place where he sings lead vocal on Crash of the Crown. Well, Alton, I think that our fans are going to want to know, because you're a Tommy Shaw fan and I'm a Dennis DeYoung fan, I would like to point out that Tommy replaced Dennis DeYoung with Lawrence Galwin, but I think it took more than Lawrence Galwin to replace Dennis DeYoung. I think it's evident from the seventh member, Will Ivankovich, that it took two people, two talented musicians, to replace Dennis Young. In
1: my mind, that says something about Dennis. Paul, you may be right. However, I think with Lawrence Gowan, Tommy definitely got a musician who was as, if not more talented on the keyboards than Dennis DeYoung. He sounds just like him when he sings, but I don't think he has the same songwriting chops that Dennis did. I know that Will Ivankovich was involved with Tommy Shaw on his solo work. He worked with him on The Mission, and he writes a lot of these songs on this album as well. And I would hazard to guess he probably gets along better with Tommy in the band more so than Dennis did. Here's what's happening. When you have the name Styx, and anyone who wants to
0: verify this, just go to Spotify. When you have the name Styx, you're going to get hundreds of thousands of streams at the minimum. And when you don't have the name Sticks, and you have the name Dennis Young, who was a force of the classic Sticks, you're going to get 50,000 streams, if you're lucky. In fact, some of his songs don't even get 10,000 streams.
2: And so my friends, I'll say goodbye For time is claimed its prize But the music never dies Just listen and close your eyes
1: You know what, Paul? It's time to wrap things up. So tell me,
2: <laughs>
1: has
0: Sticks jumped the shark? Well, the answer is obvious to me. And that is Coming out of the gate, they jumped the shark. They put out some crappy albums, and I'm just being polite here, and they were jumping the shark left and right. In fact, if anything, that might be one of their skills is the ability to jump the shark and then recover, to come back from jumping the shark. So yes, they have jumped the shark, but... With their 16th and 17th albums, I think they have definitely recovered, and they are now on track to being a solid band once again. They are no, they are not on the wrong side of the
1: shark. Let's put it that way. How about you, Alton? They released five albums that were not so good, meaning they were jumping the shark right out of the gate. Then they did something to correct that. They added Tommy Shaw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then when Tommy Shaw came on board, they're no longer jumping the shark. They're putting out some of their best albums, The Grand Illusion, Pieces of A. Cornerstone, and then Dennis DeYoung starts gaining some control again. That took them into Paradise Theater and Kilroy Was Here album, especially Mr. Roboto. In my mind, at that point, they're jumping the shark. They are over the shark. And then Dennis DeYoung gets booted out of the band. And now, here we are for their 16th and 17th albums, and they're no longer jumping the shark. Would you say that's a fair statement? I'd say that's a fair statement. Jumping the shark is one thing, but crossing the Rubicon is something else. So do you think they've crossed the Rubicon? Once you cross the
0: Rubicon, you can't come back. I always view that once a band has crossed the Rubicon, they are now a nostalgia act. Styx is not a nostalgia act. They're two albums. That they just put out are both innovative and have some wonderful music and take them in some new directions. So they're not just resting on their classic period. So no, I do not think they've crossed the Rubicon. How about you? I agree. I don't think they crossed the Rubicon either. Listeners, I would encourage you to check out these two albums and let us know what you think. You might just get quoted on a future episode of Derringer Discoveries. Until next time, this is Paul. This is Alton. If you like what you hear,
1: please follow Derringer Discoveries, leave us a review, and tell others about us. Be sure to click like on today's playlist. "Sticks, Tommy vs. Dennis. Only available on Spotify. Thank you for listening to Derringer Discoveries.
2: In your sister's room.
1: Thanks for sticking around to this post-episode interview conducted by Michael Pillow of WTJU.
4: You are listening to something new on WTJU Charlottesville. A reminder, Susan and Paul are here, and we're gonna get started with them in just a moment.
1: Michael recently interviewed Susan and Paul about Hojo Fro's latest single, Come In. There
3: were cracks.
4: Welcome to WTJU.
0: Well, I think Susan should go first. <laughs> Susan's the well-known name in Charlottesville. I've seen mm-hmm. her play live three times in the past three weeks so oh. with three different groups. I know, you're a way. trooper.
3: You came. <laughs> but I tell you, I play with Alligator. Mama tried Mojo Pie, but I've been playing with Paul even longer than any of those groups. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I, 25 years, I, I think. I was trying to remember how long ago yeah. it was when we started playing.
2: Oh, there is
3: recorded several albums.
0: Yes, yes, we kept trying to find the right name. <laughs> and tell me what what is that name now? Since 2012, we've been Ho Joe Fro. And it stands for Howard Johnson and Friends. Susan and I have a common friend named T.C. Howard who was part of the mix for a while. And we were Howard Johnson and Friends. But once Spotify and all these other digital streaming platforms came about, we found that Howard Johnson was just too common. Yeah. So we had to use something that would make it unique so that when people type in ho space joe space fro, they're going to get just us.
4: Yeah. Not the restaurant or the. No. (laughs) Is the restaurant even still around? or whatever. That's
3: right. remind them.
0: love working with Susan. In fact, this song that you'll be playing today, I wrote specifically for Susan to sing, so I actually contacted her and said, hey, I need you to make sure it's in the right key for you, and we switched the key.
3: Yeah, several up, times we up. went. Several times, We yes. went up and down and up, until we up finally and found the right key. Yes. Yeah,
4: that's that's what happens. And I mean, what
3: key is it in?
0: I believe we moved it from D sharp to G sharp, to G sharp. so five half steps up. More
2: name
4: of the song is Come In.
0: When I was writing it, by the way, the copyright belongs to all five of us who performed on it. Okay. It just makes it easier to share and share alike, so anyone who plays on any of my songs automatically becomes a holder of the copyright and a holder of the phonographic right. Okay. Uh, it makes it easy, but I did write it. It's about my wife, Betsy, and she's my muse because she's usually the subject of my songs. I wanted it to be inviting, and I wanted it to be something that I could play for my mom because a lot of my songs are depressing, and my mom <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) doesn't really enjoy any songs that are negative. So I wanted this to be as uplifting as I possibly could. And I thought, what better way than to give it a name that's also positive? You know, everybody loves it when someone says, come in.
4: Right, Mm -hmm. right. That sounds like a great introduction. So let's hear the song. Okay. First time on the air, and you're hearing it on WTJU, I would like to say, of course. Now we know how much we've missed you. Now you're just reconfirming it. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Our bass player, Alton Perlman, yeah. I love his little lines. He's coming up and down. I was listening closely to it again. In fact, not just listening to me. Oh, let me listen to everyone else in the band. <laughs>
0: yeah. For that song, the payoff is that when you repeat the chorus at the mm-hmm. end, for me, anyone who doesn't listen to that part, they're missing the payoff on that song. Right. Yeah. And that's where Susan doubles her voice, and Altum goes high on the bass and gives us some really wonderful runs. Oh, 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 oh. Susan Munson is obviously singing most of the vocals, all of the lead vocals. I'm on piano. Alton Pullerman is on bass. Dave Prine is doing all the guitars. I'll go ahead and mention this. Dave Prine is the nephew of John Prine, who recently died.
4: Paul is not name dropping here. I asked him to to drop that name once they told me that that (laughs) Dave Prine was uh, the nephew of John Prine. I mean, we obviously have played a lot of John Prine forever mm-hmm. but over the last year or two with all the tributes and I mean his death was meaningful to a lot of a lot of yes. folks. yeah right
0: yeah, famous musician oh, and it's his birthday we released the song intentionally to release it on his birthday,
4: his birthday right and, and I'm not familiar with any music from him does he does he record
0: he records with ho Joe fro <laughs>
4: that's that's <laughs> <how cool.
0: laughs> one other musician I don't want to leave out our drummer Chris durman you
3: love me?
4: It's great to have both of you here, and and again, we look forward to to hearing more. I mean, this this song sounds great.
1: That interview was conducted by Michael Pillow of WTJU. Thanks, Michael.